Radio Shabbat Shalom Israel Judah Woo Righteous Radio with DJ Yako Coming at ya Oh yeah Righteous Radio Where the truth is the sound Righteousness is in the atmosphere Can you feel it? We winners over here, man. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. Judah, the most high true prophets are back. The true prophets are black. <laughs> Righteous radio cannot be stopped. Another startling episode. Shalom. Righteousness is in the atmosphere. This is DJ Yaakov. This is Righteous Radio. In a world full of destruction. In a world where men don't believe. All the Christians are striving. Trying to make it And the devil is always busy Trying to destroy and to deceive
ourselves and pray. And we are his people. He said I'll be 
This is Righteous Radio. This is DJ Yaakov. And we are here on another Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Righteousness is in the atmosphere. Can you feel it? <laughs> so, I'm just a nobody here to tell everybody that the Most High is coming for his people. Israel is not coming for everybody. Sorry. Now, you can be grafted in, but there is a people that the promise is for. Christ told you that. I don't care what you say because let God be true and every man be a liar. So, I ain't going to preach or nothing. We're going we're gonna to give you some music. So, I want you to see some. We got a trailer for uh, something very special that's coming over the uh, horizon. So, take a look. I'm here with you. This is DJ Yaakov. This is Righteous Radio. Joseph Dream. So that's a uh, trailer for a uh, a movie that's coming out. Mm. The Israelites is doing big things in the earth. Absolutely. Positively. So we're going to keep it moving. Keep some music in your ear. We're going to hit you off with Brother Lorvin's in a song called Oh my yeah Oh my yeah Oh my yeah Oh my yeah Thank you. 
Use your mind, your wisdom, act like you know some. Don't wanna hear no stammering lips, you gotta show some. Show some. Do the laws are hard? Every time you drive in the car, you stop at the stoplight. When it comes to yacht, you make excuses, you be acting stupid. Who you think you're fooling? You play in yourself. Yahoo watches everything, including your heart. You gotta get right, every day you gotta fight. Mashiach is coming back for his adorned rise. Open up your eyes, cause this can save your life. Ready or not, he's coming back like a thief in the Radio where the truth is the sound. So, as usual, we're here to make you think. We're here to make you pick up that Bible and do some studying. We, you know, I don't know what they thought. They thought when some of us left the Christian church that we was backslide. Backslide for what? Oh no. Oh no. We came into the knowledge of the truth of who we are as a people. And the responsibility that comes with that scripturally is well beyond what you have been led to believe. Now, You can either get on board with this awakening or you can keep doing what Rome is doing. Rome is your mama. Rome is your daddy. Whatever you want to call them. Ah, oh, the Protestants broke away from Rome. Yeah, but they took just about everything with them in the room. <laughs> Only thing they, they, they didn't take with them is 
Mary being worshipped and you know as a god and and uh, <clears throat> and and the Pope being seen as the vicar of Christ and the representation of Christ on earth they didn't take that but really behind the scenes as I said in previous broadcasts behind the scenes don't be so sure about that either the Pope run things trust and believe. He taking his orders. He taking his orders directly from the devil itself. <laughs> but you won't believe that. I mean, who changed God's Sabbath day to Sunday? Think about it. Think about it. Hmm. Who's trying to start a one-world religion right now as we speak? who's out here parading itself out here telling people that, you know, we all serving the same God. I beg to differ. No, we don't serve the same God. And you Christians that believe, contrary to the scripture, that Caesar Bourget, white guy, let, let me show you who you worship. Let me show you who you worship. Matter of fact, I got it pulled up on my screen for you. Let me let me show you who you worship. Oh, I don't worship it. Yeah, you do. Let me show you who you worship. The guy on the left. And some of you, I had a cousin that uh, saw a picture like this of a, of a. a the way Christ really looked per scripture. I ain't going to even say it, but a black Christ, because, you know, it's something that touch y'all nervous system when we say black Christ that, you, you know, you just, <laughs> Master, we, <laughs> we sick, boss. <laughs> they didn't call Christ black, Master. Uh, but this guy on the left, is who we've been worshiping for years before those of us that came into the knowledge of the truth of the scriptures as they are written because the scripture says, he who worshiped me as the scripture says, out of him will flow rivers of, rivers of living water. So if you worshiping this guy and the scripture told you that his hair looked like this and his skin looked like this, then... You are worshiping the Antichrist, an Antichrist. That's who you worship, an Antichrist. There are many Antichrists, and that's the main one. Caesar Bourget, that, that was the name of the guy that they used to model the picture that they, that they, uh, 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 the, the picture that they, that they display for the world because they couldn't put a picture up that displayed the real Christ in the way that Christ really looked because they were uh, oppressing darker-skinned people in the earth at that time. So they couldn't put a black a picture of a black Christ up while they, while they you know, uh, oppressing the people that looked like him. So they had to, to, to come up with that photo image. Some of y'all got that in your churches. Ain't no God in there if you got that picture up in your church or anything like it. That is really Mithras because that's who Constantine 
was worshiping. That's that's who Constantine worshipped. If you do your research, Constantine was a big Mithras worshiper, and Mithras is very similar uh, in features to that Christ image that they have given you in the earth. And you say, why does it matter? And I say, uh, why did they change it if it didn't matter? Why did they make him a, a, a stringy-haired white boy if it didn't matter? Because they want you. This is why it matters to them. I don't know why it, why it would matter to you, but let me tell you why it would matter to them. It would matter to them because they want to project to you that God, the image of God, and God is a white boy. So that you would understand that any oppression that you receive from them you need to just forgive them because they are the image of God. <laughs> there will be a recompense. I promise you that. I promise you that. There will be a, a recompense. Uh, I guess a few things I want to show you guys, but... Uh, um, I took that other thing off of there. All right, so, you know, let me see if I'm queued up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, my grandmother used to be a big uh, Fred Price fan. I wonder what she would think of this son. And that's where all these strange colors come from. You go into darkest Africa, you ain't gonna find no yellow folk like this. <laughs> you won't find no high yellows there. As such, not as original Africans. Okay? Now, now pick up on this. This is a marvelous thing that this man is saying, that this man is saying to us. And we need to realize this. I said, he says that more than 600,000 men, 20 years and old, and up left it, left Egypt, which must have been an additional two or three million women and children since the Jews were slaves. Their women were undoubtedly concubines of the Egyptian and must have produced mixed offspring. After more than 400 years of slavery, almost every trace of the first 70 Jews must have been lost together with their culture found just like black folk in America. Same thing. Absolutely. Okay. After more than 400 years of slavery, almost every trace of the first 70 Jews must have been lost together with their culture, thus Jewish culture was Egyptian culture. To get an idea of what must have happened to those original 70 Jews, think of what has happened to Negroes in the United States who came here in hundreds of thousands over a period of centuries and not all at once as the Jews did in Egypt. In other words, the 70 went to Egypt in one time, but the blacks were not brought in in one time. They were brought in over quite a few hundred years. Hmm, imagine that. Watch this now. Negroes are so Americanized that were it not for their color, one would forget that they ever came from Africa. Hmm. Well. <laughs> now watch this. The Falashas, or black Jews of Ethiopia, are probably very ancient. They claim lineal descent from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Call themselves Beta Israel, which means the chosen people. Hmm. 
and observe the Passover. End of quote. In Sex and Race, volume 1, page 28, Mr. Rogers says, and I quote, increasingly, it is being said in the most informed scientific circles that the Negro was the ancestor of the human race. Henry Fairfield Osborne, late head of the American Museum of Natural History, who undoubtedly was a black man, uh, head of the, I said head of the American Museum of Natural History, who had himself a strong tinge of white fanaticism, said Negroid stock is even more ancient than Caucasian or Mongolian man. Henry Fairfield Osborne was a white man. Now, from Man Rises to Parnesius, page 201, Princeton, New Jersey, 1928, Men of the Old Stone Age, quoting, Men of the Old Stone Age, page 262, 278, and 279, 1918. From, and I quote, Huxley Memorial Lectures for 1924. They've been knowing about this stuff. You didn't get none of this in school. They didn't tell the black folk about it, and they didn't tell the white folks about it. 1924. Huxley Memorial Lecture for 1924 on page 20. Rogers, see, Rogers is a historian, so he's putting all these different things together. All this is in his book, but he's quoting from other authorities and officers. That's, That's why I... Try to keep all this together. Huxley Memorial Lectures for 1924, page 20, Rogers continues, and I quote, Griffith Taylor adds in support that the Negritos, or Little Negroes, were the first in Europe. After the Neanderthal, a near-human Negroid type. And that the Negritos introduced their culture all over the world. The original color of primitive man was black. He says... Now, in a book entitled, going to another place, in a book entitled, The Greek Historians, by Goldolphin, copyright 1942, Random House Incorporated, in the book called Herodotus, chapter 104 and 105, on pages 130 and 131. Now, Herodotus was considered the father of history. Now watch this. Quoting Herodotus, who, by the way, lived 500 years before Christ and was called the father of history. Quoting, there can be no doubt that the Colchians are an Egyptian race. Before I heard any mention of the fact from others, I had remarked it myself. This is Herodotus talking. After the thought had struck me, I made inquiries on the subject both in Colchis and in Egypt. And I found that the Colchians had a more distinct recollection of the Egyptians than the Egyptians had of them. Colchis, this is my insertion now. Colchis, by the way, was an ancient province 
in Asia, east of the Black Sea. Going on to quote Herodotus. Still, the Egyptians said that they believed the Colchians to be descended from the army of Sesostris. My own conjectures were founded first, oh, 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 get this, first on the fact that they are black-skinned and have woolly hair, which certainly amounts to but little, since several other nations are so too. But I further and more especially on the circumstance that the Colchians, the Egyptians, and the Ethiopians are the only nations who have practiced circumcision from the earliest time. The Phoenicians and the Syrians of Palestine themselves confess that they learned the custom of the Egyptians. And the Syrians who dwell about the rivers Thermodon and Parthenius, as well as their neighbors, the Macronians, say that they have recently adopted it from the Colchians. Now, these are the only nations who use circumcision. And it is plain that they all imitate herein the Egyptians. With respect to the Ethiopians, indeed, I cannot decide whether they learned, learned the practice of the Egyptians or the Egyptians of them. It is undoubtedly a very ancient date in Ethiopia, but that the others derived their knowledge of it from Egypt is clear to me from the fact that the Phoenicians, when they come to have commerce with the Greeks, cease to follow the Egyptians in this custom and allow their children to remain uncircumcised. I will add a further proof of the identity of the Egyptians and the Colchians. These two nations weave their linen in exactly the same way. And there is a way, and this is a way entirely unknown to the rest of the world. They also in their whole mode of life and in their language resemble one another. The Colchian linen is called by the Greeks Sardonian, while that which comes from Egypt is known as Egyptian. You know what? I'm going to play the rest of this, but <laughs> see... This is the thing. A lot of you Christian pastors know the truth. A lot of these, especially the bigger Christian pastors, the ones with these mega churches, they know the truth. You know why they won't teach it? Too many ties to lose. Too many bins payments to make. And I ain't saying this about Fred Price because I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure he's driving something nice. <laughs> and I'm sure he's living nice, too, because he's been doing it for a long time. But many of these black pastors will be up under the thumb of these white handlers and be up under the thumb of these 501c3 designations and they are not going to come out and risk that by telling the truth. But the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. But they don't care about setting you free. Not when it's going to affect their bottom line. A lot of them. That's just what it is. Now, on the lower levels, you know, these smaller pastors or these pastors in your hood, these pastors around the corner in the hood, you know, 
some of them know too. At the end of the day, it takes courage to teach the truth. Especially when everybody wants to call you a racist when you teach that black folks are the Jews, but they wasn't calling nobody no racist when they was teaching that the white people was the Jews and that we should bless them. All these black churches sending money over to Israel every, every, every time you turn around. The United States itself pays Israel $2 billion or something like that a year. For what? Man, listen. I'm going to digress. Hold on. Let, let me play the rest of this. In his book entitled, that's the end of, end of quote, in his book entitled From Superman to Man by J.A. Rogers, copyright 1968 by Helga M. Rogers, page 18 and 19, Fair historian J.A. Rogers says, Aristotle, in his Physiognomy, chapter 6, distinctly mentions the Ethiopians as having woolly hair and the Egyptians as being black skin. Now, every movie you have seen about Egypt. They've been white. Pharaoh, dogs and the cats are all white. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you see a black is when he's the slave. Ooh, man. All right. Now. Because that's the way they see you as a slave. Uh, but the most high see you as his anointed say, people. And I quote, Count M.C. Devolne, author of The Ruins of Empire, says, the ancient Egyptians were real Negroes of the same species as the other present natives of Africa. End of quote. Devolne further states in the same work, says Rogers, quoting again, to the race of Negroes, oh, watch this now, to the race, now this Devolne was a Frenchman. So he declared. Uh, I just want to stop it right quick. I'm sorry about the sounds like feedback, but that's a, it must be a, a really old video. It's, I mean, it's on YouTube, but it must be a really old video because it's feeding back a little bit like, like it's a real old broadcast. Classified as white. Okay, now watch this now. Now watch this now. And I'm quoting. To the race of Negroes, the object of our extreme contempt, we owe our arts, sciences, and even the very use of speech. End of quote. There's something special about this people that they call African American. Something special. The Most High called you his portion. Whether you believe it or not, what is this? You won't even consider that you the people because you are so brainwashed and colonialized in these churches. And they have used the Trojan horse of the church that was facilitated by Rome. Do you think for one second that they would allow, even if you are calling yourself a Protestant, do you think that they would allow you to assimilate into 
a system, whether it be a church, whether it be whatever, do you think they would allow you to assimilate into a system that would do anything other than elevate them? They allowed Protestantism and made you believe that it was something different because it was still the same. It just, they took a few elements out. That's all. We wasn't over there in, 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 in Africa worshiping no... Man, listen. The real Christians of the Bible look like you and me, black folks. Now, are we saying that, you know... It, are we saying that white people are trash or that we, we hate white people? Or, you know, a lot of people think that we are um, divisive in our speech, in the things we talk about. No. Uh, we supposed to love our brother as ourselves. And Esau, who white people derive from, Esau, is our brother. We still pose love him, no matter how God feel about him, no matter what, what is coming his way as far as any recompense or whatever the case may be, we are still supposed to love Esau as our brother. But at the same time, realizing that Esau got a different outcome <laughs> in, in his way than, than we uh, under Jacob did. Teach us in school. One thing they taught us is that we came over on slave ships and picked cotton. Mm. That's about it. I mean, really. You know, overall as a whole. All right, now. I know he's going to lose a lot of white Admittedly, the practitioners we have looked at thus far could certainly be classified <laughs> as lost a lot. history. So let's bring it closer to our day and time. In an article in the Washington Post, another Negro-owned and operated publication, the Washington Post, copyright 1994, the Washington Post, November 16, 1994, Wednesday, final edition, byline by Boyce Rensberger, Washington Post staff writer, I quote, the overwhelming conclusion of anthropologists, in short, is that no physical features distinguish any race, not even a combination of traits that will do the job. We all descended from black people. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah, you gotta walk by faith, not by sight on that one. <laughs> Alright, I think that's about it on that one. I mean, but it don't matter, right? Even if Adam and Eve were black, even if Christ was black, even if you are Israel, it don't matter to you. Because you've been told that everybody is the same, but in the scriptures, everybody is not the same. 
In the church, everybody is the same. In the scriptures, everybody is not the same. There are people that are chosen and are meant to be chosen forever. And you believe that, again, you believe that when they told you that the Jews was these white folks. You believe that there was a people that was always going to be chosen, even though you believe that. See, there, the, the Jews, the the the, the, uh, the uh, lighter complexion Jews, we'll call them, they, they don't have a problem with you being a Christian. They, they ain't going to follow Christ. They hate Christ because they know Christ was not theirs. They don't have a problem with you following Christ because you following Christ means that you allow them to continue to walk in your heritage and not protest it and, and not claim your birthright in the earth because you think you mixed in with everybody else. Ain't no respect of persons. <laughs> it's almost comical when you, I mean, it's, it's the stuff that some of y'all spout is, is, it's almost comical. It's almost comical. Uh, <laughs> to come into this truth, it's out there for you. The information is out there for you to find. But you have to seek him because he don't just want just anybody. He don't just want you. He ain't just looking for just any old body. Even 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 in the in the in the uh, in the what's the word I'm looking for? Even within his own people's uh, countenance, he he don't want just anybody. He want those who because a lot of y'all ain't gonna follow the law, statutes, and commandments because you love the Christianity mindset that you don't have to follow no law. You got to do is believe and then you can keep on sinning and just repent, you know, keep doing the same thing over and over again and just keep repenting over and over again. And, you know, when Christ come back, he just going to swoop you up before any tribulation happen and he's going to take you to heaven. <laughs> That's what you believe. No, the most high is approve me type of God. He wants to know that you all in, that you're going to do what he say. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What is his commandments? If it ain't the law, statutes, and commandments that the scripture is talking about. Y'all got to come out of this debauchery. I need to play some more music before I talk up the whole show. See, I get to talk it. I, I get to. Oh, man. You know what? But I, I'm going to give you some more music and then I'm going to show you some more stuff because, you know, I don't want to be. We already. Oh, man, we already at an hour. I'm going to try to keep it within an hour and a half because y'all's attention span is terrible. This is my brother, David Michael Wyatt, with a song called I'm Dope. I can't hit them. 
I'll be walking around here, horse. This is Righteous Radio. This is DJ
there was my brother David Michael Wyatt. Mm. So I got a bit more for you to see before I let you go on this broadcast of Righteous Radio where the truth is the sound. <laughs> Check out this interview with a rabbi. I mean, because, you know, sometimes they got to tell y'all. Y'all don't believe us. Sometimes it's got to be the white boys that tell you stuff, you know? Fair use. This is an interview with a rabbi. You see another hint here. When did your jubilee will happen? Fair use. Jubilee will happen when you have an awakening in Africa. That's when it's... And where are they going to head to? And send me Khatiba lot of worship. There will be not a shame. I believe today there is a problem with shame in the African American community. You know why people have shame? They have shame when they don't know their identity. Wait, hold on, Stop right there, Rabbi. I want you, I want you to stop right there. And I want you to rewind and say what you just said about not knowing your identity. Because we there, there's a big fight going on. You, you are here in America. I don't know if you understand this side of it, but there are many African Americans who are waking up to their identity, who they are, but they're also receiving a pushback from the other side, from the Christian community, about their ID, identification of who they are. So I want you to touch on that again, uh, just in case people didn't hear that, uh, what you just said. I have a lot of friends in the church who are African-Americans, even white churches. And they tell me something is wrong. Of course something is wrong, because the church is not your home. It's never intended to be your home. Mm. Your home is the house of Israel. Mm. Why would you feel wrong? Why would you feel right in a stranger home? This is not your real home. And today we have a calling as Jews to invite Africa. And when Africa comes, believe me, African-American will come because Africa is the root. We heal this relationship with Africa. We need a messianic revival. It's happening. All of the African-American. And there is, you know there is anti-Semitism inside African-American. You know why? Because they don't know their identity. Mm. They don't know where and what where they come from. Sorry, you're not from Africa. You are from Africa, but you have a deeper root. Mm. Imagine that. What is it? Just in. <laughs> oh, just in. You are the people. News at 11. <laughs> And you cannot believe it. <clears throat> you cannot believe it. You can fight against it. Those who were predestined will not fight against their heritage, will not fight against the truth. 
The Most High will prompt your spirit. You know the Most High controls this whole thing. He controls even, he can, you know, Most High will even put an evil spirit on a person. You know, he'll put, he'll put, you know, there's plenty of scriptures in the, in the word where it says the Most High hardens somebody's heart. If he's hardening your heart to the truth, then you might want to figure out why he's hardening your heart to the truth. You might want to get on your knees and pray that he does not harden your heart to the truth, that he allows you to come into this awakening and to this truth of the scripture. It ain't like we trying to get you to believe a different book. The book is our history book. That's why they didn't want you to read it when they brought you over here in slavery. That's why they didn't want you to know how to read. They thought that if you were to read on your own, you might figure this out. After they killed all the elders when they first got over here and, and, and waited to the next generation because the elders knew. The elders wasn't... Man, listen. <laughs> this has all been hidden from us. And uh, eventually... We're going to have to get it together. We're going we're gonna to have to mentally get it together. And that's when God will heal our land, Israel, and bring us back to our home. Um, we're going to hit you off with the Judah Band. I want to give you as much music as I can. This is supposed to be a music show, but sometimes there's so much that I have to show you that the music takes a back burner a little bit, but uh, yes, uh, this is Judah Band, a song called I Believe.
something out. Um, I'm going to have to put this Righteous Radio on a form that is other than YouTube. I was going to put some broadcasts on YouTube, but sometimes the truth that I bring out is just a bit much for YouTube because, you know, they won't let you say certain things. But we are going to play this because even though Brother Reza Islam, which I have much respect for, but he's in a, he, he hasn't come into the knowledge of the truth of who he is just yet, just like many of you haven't, because he's in Islam. But what he says and the research he does about these, these jabs, <laughs> I almost said it, uh, is very intriguing. So I want you to see this. I want you to check this out. Islam didn't take too kindly to Rock's vaccine advocacy and even made a video expressing his thoughts on comedians and entertainers promoting the vaccine. Today we have our comedy hype analyst, Capone, as well as Pierre, calling in along with our very special guest, Mr. Riza Islam. First and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. How are you? I'm well, I'm well, I'm honored to be here. Absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you. Now, I want to dive right in. I do feel like a lot of people have seen your video, you know, on your platform as well as our platform. But for the ones that may not be familiar, could you just express a little bit of your stance on the vaccine? Thing? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is we can't technically call it a vaccine because of it being allowed under an emergency use authorization, which technically means that it is still experimental, with the exception of, I believe, one or two recently that were given FDA approval. However, even though through the FDA approval, it has still not gone through a rigorous testing process long enough 
to determine all of the long-term effects, hence why they still have effects popping up roughly every other week that they are investigating, which that is the same thing that would occur if they would have done long enough trials. So as of right now, uh, it is not safe. It is not effective. There are scientists on the opposite end of this saying the exact same thing, which is it's not safe. It is not effective. We should not be giving this to human beings. And there are scientists on the other side saying it is safe, it is effective, etc. So it's not just a one size fit all thing. And as of right now, I think we should do more investigation, more studying, more research, and wait to see exactly what this is going to do. And while that is occurring, everyone should boost their immune system, change their diet, etc. And also have a right to choose to take it or not. And their job should not be weighed in the balance. Their children's education shouldn't be put in the balance. Their ability to travel, shop, etc. should not be placed in the balance. Right. Now, this has been a continued conversation, especially in our culture, you know, whether, you know, whether no matter what side you're on. So I want to ask you, why do you think so many people within our community are hesitant to take this vaccine outside of the facts that you just gave? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is this government in no way, shape, form, nor fashion has given us, uh, I would say, a solidified reason as to why we should trust them. Number one, people bring up Tuskegee, which is only a tip of the iceberg. Tuskegee had roughly 600 participants who did not receive treatment is what they say. Uh, while at the same time, you had the circumstances over in Nairobi, Kenya, where they injected over 500,000 women with a tetanus shot that was caught having a anti-fertility drug in it that was announced by the Kenyan government, and they stopped it. Uh, you also had over 1,500 children who were experimented on here in Los Angeles with another shot. You also have the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella that was found to have leaned black boys onto the autism spectrum at the rate of 236% more than Caucasian boys, as admitted by Dr. William Thompson, the senior lead scientist over the Center for Disease Control's Vaccine Division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there is no evidence demonstrating why we should trust them when it comes to taking shots, but there is a mountain of evidence demonstrating as to why we should not. So if they care about our health, then they will go to the basic 10th grade biological science, which states that you should boost your immune system, change your diet, change the way you eat, your habits, et cetera. And it will give you a robust, or robust uh, also known as innate God-given immunity. Or they would also say, do that while researching the shots and make your decision as to whether or not you want to take them, but you have to do both and you should not be forced to take something that is not safe nor effective. Right, right. Now, I think a lot of people will agree with a lot that you're saying, but on the opposing side, a lot of people feel like that your your platform or the way that you may communicate things may steer people more away than to you. So I want to ask you, the way that you use your, your platform, um, and I know we'll get into Chris Rock in a little bit, but a situation like that where you use Chris Rock or comedians to kind of talk about it, do you think that brings people more towards the um, expressions that you're giving or more away from, from you? Uh, so far in my investigation of it, looking at it, kind of polling, engaging it, I would say it brings them far closer. And here's the other thing. There is no attack on comedians. I know some of the top comedians, and the vast majority of them are not for the shot. As a matter of fact, they get heavily vocal when it comes to being in opposition. So my platform, and just so we can make it very clear, the United States government has shut down my platform. They banned me from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Clubhouse, etc., as a result of educating the people, not only on this topic, but the area of vaccines is something that I've personally been involved in for roughly seven years, educating politicians, educating celebrities, educating people all in the in neighborhoods, as well as fighting to pass legislation or to prevent legislation from being passed to protect the rights of children, to protect the rights of parents, and to protect Fair the rights use. of citizens within different demographics of the country. So what I've done has been a full educational 
process, not saying don't take this, don't take that without having any science or evidence to back it up. It has been absolutely evidence-based, scientific-based, but it has been based on the right to choose, which is our God-given right as citizens of the planet, not just America. Right. Now, I do want to dive into your video in just a moment, but I do want to ask, you know, when you released the, the video about Chris Rock and, you know, him coming out saying that he had COVID, as well as vouching for people to get the vaccine, what were some of the responses that you received in yourself? Uh, they were all heavily, heavily, heavily in agreement, number one. And then number two, I was reached out to by a number of comedians who said that is exactly what needs to be said, because one, we know America doesn't give a damn about a comedian outside of entertainment. They're not interested in your logical thinking for the majority. Some of them will get up to that past, you know, that echelon up to that point to where they want to hear what you have to say outside of comedy. Same thing with a basketball player, same thing with a football player, same thing with a dancer, same thing with an actor. They're not interested in you being politically active. They're not interested in you being socially active or where injustice is concerned. They want you to do the job that they paid you to do, which is make me laugh, sing, dance, Go ahead and dunk that damn basketball, throw that football, etc. So I have done my best to empower them. And so when they reached out to me, that is what I have done. So they didn't take offense to it because they put it in full context. They watched the whole video. And it was me empowering comedians, but also highlighting the fact that this government does not give a damn about hearing your perspective. Because most comedians actually are very intelligent. Matter of fact, all the ones that I know are extremely intelligent. But again, they don't want to hear nothing you got to say outside of making it. Now, as you know, we did discuss that video here on our platform, specifically when you were talking about the comedians. And when you did mention them, you did, you know, talk about comedians being court jesters or clowns and things like that. So I do want to take a look at that video and then I want to bring in our analysts. So let's take a look at that clip. Ah, all right, here we are again. Brother Chris Rock just revealed that he tested positive for CV-19, but what he forgot to mention to everybody is, hey, guess what? Not only did I take a shot once, I took a shot twice and I still caught it. It's a perfect time to just mention that. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And me, where you think we're going to listen to you when it comes to a third time? Absolutely pray that brother pulls through this and that he gets better. Make sure you boost your immune system because that is the serious part about this. However, if you were simply paid to put that post up, you have lost your damn mind. The main thing is, why do they keep using comedians, which are not traditionally serious people, about this thing that is serious? Why do they keep using entertainers about things that are dealing with medicine and health? The real question is, why do so many of you entertainers, actors, athletes, comedians, etc., bend over so easily and go along with it as if you truly know what the hell you're talking about? Absolutely understand why they use comedians, because to be very honest with you, when it comes to comedians all throughout history, you are known as the court jesters. When things become too serious, life becomes too serious, the king is about to go to war, they need to make people laugh. So what do they do? They bring in the clown. Now, Pierre, I want to come to you first. After seeing that again, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, what are your thoughts on that or anything that you want to present here? Yeah, I understand what the brother is saying. Um, well, one thing he's asking for people to do is boost their immune, immune system. Yes, it's right. But, you know, we live in a country that's the fattest country in the world, almost, and, you know, we're really, like, low down. People don't care about their, their health as they should. So tell somebody to get their immune system up, but they can't get rid of the last 10, 15 pounds around their stomach that they've been working on forever. You know, it's kind of crazy to ask them to do that. Sure, you're right. We should do that. People who smoke should stop smoking. It just doesn't turn off and on like that easy. Um, he says that Chris Rock took two shots. Yeah, it takes two shots with the Pfizer. So took two shots. Nowhere that I've ever read, or no one can show me where a doctor said, if you take COVID, I mean, two shot, the, the, the COVID, uh, whatever shot, vaccine, you will not get COVID. Never I've seen that before. Doctors can never say anything is 100%. That's why, why the birth taking? control pills are 99.9%. Because they know nothing is perfect. 
So getting the shot does not alleviate you from getting COVID. It, the, the symptom or dying from it is a lot less. Like no, Something is no perfect. Wear the seatbelt in the car. Hold, hold on. There is something that is perfect. Let me show you what is perfect. Because what he's saying is not true. It's us that's not perfect. The Most High have put the things in the earth to heal you. But it's us that's not perfect because we, we go out here and eat any and everything and put any and everything into our bodies and we get sick because of it. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I ain't oblivious from it. I mean, I, you know, I've been diabetic for some years and, you know, uh, my health ain't always been the greatest. Uh, diabetes almost killed me once or twice. <laughs> you know, but when you come, as, as, as our parents used to say, if you knew better, you do better. And we need to do better about the things that we put in our body. So him saying that nothing's perfect. Let me show, let me show you what's perfect. Let me show you what's perfect. Ah, King James Revelations 22 and 2 says, In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree, watch this, were for the healing of the nations. So we know that the Most High uh, has things in the earth that will heal us. And if we don't, put ourselves in certain positions, we won't need to be healed. That's another point that I can make. But if we are in duress in whatever way, shape, fashion, or form, there are herbs in the earth to heal the nations. Ezekiel is a precept. Ezekiel 47 and 12, along both banks of the river, fruit trees of all kinds will grow. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. Each month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be used for food and their leaves for healing. Mm. So there is something that's perfect. We just don't use it. But I digress. Let's play a little bit more of this. Car, you, will, you might die in a car crash with a seatbelt on, but your chances are better than if you didn't wear a seatbelt. Then he says, um, about people bending over. That's a negative term to say bend over. Like, you know, if we don't go along with the thing, we're bending over for the man. Why can't we just have done our research and agree with what we saw and said, okay, I'll take the pill. Oh, I mean the shot. Why is it that I can be bending over? Why is it a comedian? And there have been many great comedians. He mentioned a couple of them, but there's great comedians now that work hard to do political humor. Eddie Griffin, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, there's a lot of them, uh, uh, Godfrey, a lot of them talk about racism and stuff. So let's not take the comedians and say, oh, if you don't go along with what I'm saying, you're a court jester, a class clown. That's not right to me. So, you know, a lot of us, I fight for stuff left and right, but you know, I guess I'm just a comedian, right. a court jester when it comes to what I believe in. Now, Pierre, I want to give Riza a chance to respond to that. Uh, Riza, is there anything that you'd like to respond to that? 
Absolutely. I think this is a perfect example of one, taking a person's words out of context completely, and two, not actually watching the full clip of a person's video. It's actually very classic of what Fox does, CNN does, MSNBC, etc., to mischaracterize a person's character and put up an image of them that doesn't exist. Number one, I did not in no way come at comedians generally and say all comedians this or that, with the exception of how the government uses entertainers to push their own agendas. Comedians, for the most part, are very knowledgeable people who have certain things that they do, certain ways that they understand things, just like everybody on the planet, they're human beings. But I in no way demonize all comedians. I stated those comedians who sold out, just like I say, those actors that sell out, those athletes that sell out, those anyone, politicians, etc., who sell out and push this system's agenda. Let us be very specific. Because you mentioned every one of those comedians you just mentioned, with the exception of Cat Williams, not only all know me, but I know all of them. Uh, and not only are they rigorously against the shot, but you brought up the fact that, you know, maybe it's because we did our research and we chose to take a shot. Well, did you do the research really? And the reason why I ask that is because if you knew very key, specific, blatant, obvious things, you would not have taken that shot. I know this for an absolute fact having been involved in this area for roughly seven years. So it's not just a few things you read on a few websites. It's not just some pharmaceutically sponsored skewed statistics that they hand you or hand someone, or it's not just you Googling certain things. This takes a lot of research because they strategically hide it and bury it so that it will be very difficult for you to find out what the truth is. So no, I do not come at all comedians generally whatsoever because that's not even an intelligent thing to do. That's not a right thing to do. That is completely unfair. But I did come at those who sold out intentionally, hence the term bending over for this system, which a lot of people have done and still do to this very day. So let us not, not make it seem as though we don't have sellouts in our community when we absolutely factually do, but we also have people who are sincerely ignorant and sincerely doing their best to make the decision for themselves with the information that they have. And that, too, is also a very real situation, hence why we do our best to educate the people. And that is exactly what I was doing when I was referring to Chris Rock. Hold on. So let me get my thing in. Let me get so if it doesn't go along with what you're saying, then you feel like it's a sellout. If, if I did my research or what I feel like, or someone did research what they feel, and they said, I want to take the shot. If they do that in a comedian, then they're selling out because they're doing the, 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 the devil's work or whatever, the government's work. Why can't I be correct in what I feel and what I've done and still do what I do without being a sellout? Very good question. Well, first of all, it's not if it doesn't go along with what Jesus says. It's if you intentionally are pushing the agenda, on my specific words, of this system, if you're getting paid to push their narrative, which a lot of people, as the White House has enlisted large numbers of influencers from TikTok, Instagram, etc. They have enlisted tons of A-list celebrities who they have paid literally tens of thousands of dollars, potentially over a hundred thousand for some, and many of them who are offered lots of money that I personally know who called me and told me they turned it down. So yes, some people are selling out and then a few of them because of, like you mentioned, what they thought they knew. They were convinced completely that it was safe was effective. They have a good heart. They want to help the people. They want people to live longer. And so they thought the shot was the solution. But the problem was they didn't do enough research on their own in the specific areas. Because again, they may not have known. And that's a very real situation. A lot of people really don't know. So I understand that. It has nothing to do with if it doesn't go along with my narrative. It has to do with did you really do enough research? And then again, the sellouts are the ones who intentionally are getting paid to push the shot when they know they have not gotten all the information. That is very specific. And I agree with that, but don't mix the two together. A sellout 
getting paid, and somebody who did research, not enough research that you feel didn't do enough research. Those are two different things. So they both could be pushing the agenda. One is being paid, and one is just sincerely thinking they did the right thing. So don't call them all sellouts for doing pushing the agenda because it's two different kind of people. Are you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I never call okay. both. Yeah, I, I never mix the two. I'm very. Yeah, I do a pretty good job of making sure I separate things because there are different realities. Everybody's uh, not so. Everybody's not in. Everybody. There are different situations. I mean, I work with people in person, so there's a lot of different situations. And you're absolutely correct. That's why I want to make. I'm glad we have this conversation because I want to make very clear. Everybody ain't on sellout. A lot of people genuinely believe what they believe, and they uh, think that they got enough information that help them make that decision. When again, they're uh, still lacking certain few things that if they had it. They would have not been made right. Now, I want to be able to let uh, Capone chime in as well. Capone, are there any thoughts or anything that you want to add based on the, um, what you've heard so far, as well as the full video that we did watch? Well, um, I I already knew. I agreed with him from day one. Um, <laughs> I also agree with him that there are comedians that are clowns and court justice. And that ain't nothing. That's just my personal experience with some of the guys that I've, I've dealt with. I mean, the comedy uh, family ain't as close as, as they seem to be. And, uh, you know, it, to each his own. To each, my thing is just straight up and personally. And I, I had a problem at first when I thought RZA was trying to advocate people to not take it, like not giving them a choice, just like people who took it was not giving them a choice. But Today I stand corrected. He's not doing that. He said in his video that it's he's given a choice, but he's also giving you the education of what what is not good. And there's a lot of people that's just taking it, and people are not saying it over fear. They're losing their jobs. They they're doing all kinds of things for fear. And whoever's putting out that you should take it is doing a lot of good work with fear. But also, let me say this, but also there's people who won't take it who ain't doing no study. They're like, I ain't taking it. Government. Like, brother, study it first. Why don't you look into it? They're saying no from the rip. You know, they're not doing their homework to see if it might be good or not. They're just saying, no, the government's out there. I ain't taking it. What about I'm, those I'm, I'm one of, I'm one of those people. And I'm one of those people because uh, I, I, I caught COVID early. And I, I, I'm very healthy with my immune system. And my thing is, you're saying take the shot. But if you take the shot, you still can catch it. You still can give it to somebody else. So what is the purpose? Uh, I, I'm sorry, Pia. You did say it stops you from dying. Well, lowers your, lowers your chance from dying. Oh, okay. I got Which you. Which is not true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brother Rizza? Brother Islam? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you chime in, Rizza. <laughs> I, I love, see, having this type of discussion in a, in a, in a laughable way helps it to go down easier because a lot of people are really getting crazy they're getting religious with this thing they get political and I, I, I don't like that we should be able to discuss these things and have a difference in opinion if we want to have a difference in opinion have our own decision but one brother Capone you brought up a lot of people are taking it out of fear a lot of people are not taking it brother Peter as you say without having done any research whatsoever and that's because the blatant evidence of trusting this government has ended in a very bad situation time and time and time and time again so I understand both sides. I understand both sides. Uh, is it right for them to just decide to not take it because they haven't done the research? Not necessarily, but if they chose not to because of the overwhelming evidence that demonstrates what hell, I trust the government how many times, how many generations, how many tens of, how many, how many decades, and we've always been effed over by them for vast majority? Okay, so logically, I understand that more, but if you want to defend your right to not take it, I do recommend you at least have some facts behind you to support your decision. 
At right. least, so that way we don't just right. go out here looking crazy and then right. attack a people who took it when they have at least some facts in their mind or some right. opinion, some data, some, they got something. But you don't have nothing. No, 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 no. You have to be able to stand on your square and say, this is why. One, two, three, right. four, five, six, et cetera. That's one that's uh, number two. Boosting the immunity is the best way to handle this overall. The director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, did state that those who took the shot early on, from December up until now, have a higher likelihood of getting sick and not being protected from the new variants because of the weakened efficacy of the shots, meaning they only gave two to three months of boosting the immunity and they weaken after that. So you're going to have now to get another shot and another shot and another shot versus those who caught COVID early or caught COVID in the wild overcame it and now they have full antibodies, full white blood cells to where they know the entire virus and their body is built up from it. Vaccine-induced immunity only gives you the information from spike protein, which is a piece of it, while getting COVID fully in the wild gives you the full understanding of the virus and your entire immune system this is far more like robust. All right, this guy looks so we played enough of that, but uh, man, y'all just be careful with with with, with uh, going out there and putting stuff in your body because somebody telling you you're sick when you ain't sick. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna tell me I'm sick when I ain't sick, and I can't give you nothing if I ain't sick. Bottom line. Now. We're going to play this last little video here, or this last little tidbit of video here for you Christian folk. Uh, this video just speaks for itself, so check it out. You took good notes, and, if, and I hope you can get the books as well. But right now, let's get into... The next guy who I want to comment on, and his name is Joel Richardson. He's on the board of directors of a group called FAI Studios, Frontier Alliance International. Like I said, in my personal opinion, I can't prove it, but in my personal opinion, I do believe that he and his associates work with the CIA. They're always in Israel, and then they are in some Islamic country. And they claim to be spreading the gospel of, of a white savior. Come on now, stop it. Cut it out, cut it out. All right, let's take a look at uh, Joel Richardson's narrative on the Israelites. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look and take a listen. All right. Today, um, different anti-Semitic, unbiblical ideas are spreading like gangrene throughout the church, throughout the prophecy community, those who are studying prophecy. And it's increasingly popular, again, to embrace uh, a, a view of Israel that frames them as monsters, the worst embodiment of evil at the end of the age. And one of these ideas that's very popular, um, you'll see it a lot. Again, maybe you're not familiar with this. I see it all the time in the comments section. Um, you see it in some of these black Hebrew Israelite cult groups that you see protesting in Washington. And some of these, there's a few different um, versions of these groups. But they'll say this. They'll say the people in Israel today, they are Khazarian 
converts to Judaism. They're not even really Jews. They're fake Jews. The people in the land of Israel today are fake Jews. That would be accurate. And the true Jews, the black Hebrew Israelites will say it's them. It's all the different um, African uh, peoples, you know, and they have these charts. They get real complicated with it. Others will say, of course, the church is the true Israel, but the people in Israel today, they're all fakers, this type of thing. Now, let me just say this. Scientifically, genetically, it has been disproven that the inhabitants of Israel today are all Khazarians. Are some of the people in Israel today converts? Yeah. Does that mean they're not Jewish? No, because Jewish identity, it's really two things. It's one, the literal physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the ultimate identity of Israel is covenantal. If you've joined in the covenant that God made when he, when he betrothed himself to Israel, then you've converted to Judaism. You could say you're a Jew. And even if you were born a Gentile converted to Judaism, you're still a Jew because Jewish identity is ultimately, yes, it's ethnic, but it's ultimately covenantal. So even if you say this Khazarian uh, Turkic kingdom way back when, many of them converted to Judaism and many of the inhabitants today in Israel are the descendants of these Khazar, they're still Israel. So here's the thing. We can argue all of these things scientifically, historically, but the Bible settles it, doesn't it? So I want to look at a few passages, Joel chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. I mean, this settles it. It is the nail in the coffin that the people in Israel today are Israel. God calls them my people. You go, but wait a minute, even just from a mainstream evangelical perspective, not from some weird cultic anti-Semitic view, you go, but they're not believers. How can you say they're my people if they're not even believers? Because the Lord still calls them my people. And if he calls them my people, we should as well. We should view them uh, as his people. No, and there's a reason for this. Joel 3, 1 through 4. Behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. So after Israel has been regathered to the nations, their fortunes have been restored. He says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. He's talking about the surrounding nations gathering together to invade lay siege to and occupy Jerusalem and invade the land of Israel. The surrounding nations under the leadership of the Antichrist, under the leadership of the dragon, under the leadership of the dragon's puppet, which is the beast, the Antichrist. Okay, these armies invade the land of Israel. And then he says, there I will enter into judgment with them on behalf of who? The Lord says, my people, my inheritance, Israel whom they have scattered among the nations, and they divided up my land. They've also cast lots for my people, trading a boy for a prostitute, selling a girl for wine that they may drink. I look at this, I go, right now, you know, I'm just, I've been wrapped up for the past couple months with Afghanistan. Talking to some of the leaders, the underground church leaders in Afghanistan, they're like, it's heartbreaking. They're saying, even Christians, everyone is so poor right now under the Taliban. They're so poor. People are selling their kids so they can eat. They're selling their daughters to be married off. The poverty is, is so horrendous, and, and we're tremendously blessed that we've been sending aid and food and, and things like that to the church. But again, we're not, we can't feed the entire country. But here you have this picture of desolation and poverty, and the people are actually selling, and they're casting lots, and selling, trading their children for prostitutes, etc., and then the Lord goes on, he says, Moreover, what are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon? So he's kind of zeroing in on some of the culprits, Lebanon. And he says, In all your regions of Philistia, that's again the Palestinians, 
He says, are you rendering me a recompense? Notice how the Lord takes personal offense when the nations invade the land of Israel. He goes, what are you doing to me? The Lord identifies with the people that he refers to as my people, my inheritance, Israel. They're mine, the Lord says. And of course, who is he referring to? He's referring to the people that are in the land now. The people who are in the land now are the people who will be invaded and occupied by the Antichrist. Many of them will flee. Many of them will remain. Many of them will be taken captive. There's all sorts of different things that will happen. But the Lord says the people in the land of Israel now are my people, Israel. Anyone who tries to argue that the people in the land of Israel today are not the real Jews, they're not real Israel, does not know the scriptures and is not speaking in accordance with the Lord's truth and the Lord's heart and his passion. So it's so important that we understand, yes, the people in the land of Israel today are Israel, period. All right, you heard him for yourself. You heard Joel Richardson, who was board of, on the board of directors of FAI Frontier Alliance International. I keep saying it. I do believe he and his partners work with the CIA, whether directly or indirectly, only God and them know. Now, he made a statement. He said, uh, today, different anti-Semitic ideas are spreading like gangrene. Gangrene, can you believe it? Throughout the church, throughout the prophecy community. Now, when he says throughout the prophecy community, you know he ain't talking about the black Christian church. They don't deal with prophecies at all. All they deal with is feel good, give me money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Y'all know that song. <laughs> but, I want to deal with the term he used, anti-Semitic. See, these demons, these sons of Satan, will have you to believe that speaking against that 1948 transplant group of converts who call themselves Jewish, they wish there was a Jew, anti-Semitic. Well, y'all send this tape to uh, Joel Richardson and the FAI. Let me tell you something. There are many Semitic families. See, and this is why they don't want the Israelites on TV. Because TV, the media, which is the mouth of the dragon that you read about in Revelation 12, they'll have you to believe that the term Semite or even anti-Semite refers to one group of bastards. That only group of bastards. <laughs> In 1948, turn with me to First Chronicles chapter one, please. Turn with me to First Chronicles chapter one. Where are you? Where the word Sem is Shem. Shem is the Hebrew word which means name. Learn something. It means name. Okay, N A M E. That's what it means. Shem means. So Listen. when you talk about Semitic families, there are many Semitic families. Let's read them. First Chronicles chapter 1, I'll start at verse 17. Read along with me. The sons of Shem. Now he's going to list all the descendants of Shem. And many of them became nations. Watch this. Elam and Ashur and Arphaxad and Lud and Aram and Uz and Ho and Githa and Meshach. 
Now, as you can see on the, the, the map I have there, Elam became the fa father of the Persians, Persia and India. Ashura, Iraq. Aram, Syria. So guess what? They are Shemitic. Verse 18, let's read on. And our facts said, begat Shelah, and Shelah begat Eber. Eber is where you get the word Hebrew. The word Eber means from the past. That's where the word Hebrew comes from. Verse 19. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, which means division, because in his days the earth was divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begat Almodad, and Shelath, and Hazarveth, and Jira, Adoram also, and Uzal, and Dikla, and Ebal, and Abimiel, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Jobab. And all these, excuse me, all these were the sons of Joktan. Verse 24. Shem, Arphaxad, Shelah, Eber, Peleg, Reu, Serug, Nahor, Tira. Now, these, this is the chosen line that you read about in verse 24, 25, 26. Okay, that's the chosen line that the Lord was dealing with. Verse 27, Abram, the same as Abraham. The sons of Abraham, Isaac and Ishmael. Now, you can see on the map who Ishmael became the father of. Okay, that's right, the Arabs. Verse 29, these are the generations, the firstborn of Ishmael, Neboath, then Kedar, and Ab, Abdi, Adbiel, and Mibsam, Mishma, and Duma, Masa, Hadad, and Tima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kidma, Kedima. These are the sons of Ishmael. Now the sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, Sheba, Zimran, and Jakshan, and Midan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua, and the sons of Jokshan, Sheba, and Didan, and the sons of Midian, Ephah, and Epher, and Hinnok, and Abida, and Eldeah. All these are the sons of Keturah. And Abraham begat Isaac, the sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel. Now you can see who Esau became the father of, and you can also see who Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, became the father of. Okay. Now I got to the side, I got uh Lot. Lot became the father of Moab and Ben Ami. You can see who they became the father of. They were also, they are also Shemitic. So what I want you to see upon looking at this map is that there are many Shemitic families. And speaking against any of them, you could use the term anti-Semitic. Joel Richardson, you dumb, evil devil. Like all of you, manipulate the media, manipulate people through the media. That's what that's what you do. Okay? Want people to think, speaking against a group in 1940, oh, you're an anti-Semite. Shut the hell up with that garbage. This is why you don't want us on your mainstream TV. Imagine reading this verse for all these dumb Christians that don't read the Bible and let them know that many of them listening are Shemitic. You 
evil people you. All right. <clears throat> now, he had the nerve, Gerald Richardson had the nerve to go to Joel 3 to prove that the transplant group in 1948 from Poland, Russia, and Germany, that they are the Jews. Now, if I hope all y'all noticed, when he went, read through Joel 3, he started talking about Afghanistan. <laughs> Which had nothing to do with those people in, in Israel today, those transplants in 1948. He started talking about, yeah, Oh, the Afghanistan children are poor. They're being sold for wine. That has nothing to do with the transplant group of bastards, demons, over there in Israel today. See, this is why, like I say, this is why they don't want us on mainstream TV. Now, listen, we can be cute on TV. We can be very, very nice and very pleasant. But right now, this video, I'm not on mainstream TV. So I'll talk how I want to talk. <laughs> All right. So he went to Joel chapter three. Let's go there. Let's read. Verse one. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. So God's going to bring back the kingdom of Judah and the elect. That's what he's talking about. He himself will bring them back to the land. Now, if you notice, I'm going to pause right there. The group that's in Israel today, are they the 12 tribes of Israel or they just call themselves Jewish? I'm going to ask again because if it, it, when you talk to them, ask them, where's Benjamin? Ask them, where's Ephraim? Ask them, where's Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Naphtali, Issachar, hmm. Zebulon? Where are they at? Where are they? Hmm. They won't have an answer for you. So they don't. So right there in verse one, that 1948 garbage don't fit verse one. All right, now we in verse two. <clears throat> I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of Jehoshaphat is in the Middle East, and will plead with them there for my people. That's who God's people are, and for my heritage, Israel. Oh, so God's pleading with all nations for his people, his heritage, Israel. But what happened to them? What happened to them? Let's read on. Whom they have scattered among the nations. Oh, wait a minute. So the 12 tribes of Israel, according to prophecy, have been scattered among the nations. Hmm. Then it says, and parted my land. And parted my land. Who parted the land of Israel. Well, it's been parted between two groups of Edomites and Palestinians. Let's take a look at Joe Richardson's good friend called Dalton and see what he says about who parted the land. Let's take a look. Today, Jerusalem is a divided city. We have the Arab part, we have the Jewish part. The United Nations approved a plan to divide British Palestine into two separate states. One for Jews, Israel, and one for Arabs, Palestine. The city of Jerusalem, where Jews, Muslims, and Christians all have holy sites, was to become a special international zone. The plan was meant to give Jews a state to establish Palestinian independence 
and to end the sectarian violence that the British could no longer control. Alrighty then. So, so when it says imparted my land, that's prophetic for that group who was put there in 1948 and the Palestinians. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so they're not the Jews. So we are correct in saying those people are not the Jews. Verse three, and they have, so now it's going to explain when it says, and scattered among the nations. What happened when the 12 tribes were scattered among the nations? Verse three, and they have cast lots for my people. You know what it means to cast lots? It means to bid. It means to bid. Like in the time of the transatlantic slave, tra slave trade, did they bid for us? Did they cast lots for us? Husband taken to Louisiana, wife and wife taken to Virginia, children might be taken to New York. They cast lots for us, millions of us. And 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 that's I'm only dealing with the transatlantic slave trade. I ain't even touch on the sub-Sahara. All right. Let's read that again, verse three. And they have cast lots for my people, and have given a boy for an harlot. What does that mean? Given a boy for an harlot. They made, they made the black boys, the black men, into breeders. That's right. They wanted more and more slaves. That's what they did. They had us have sex with woman after woman after woman. They didn't care if it was our sister. They didn't care if it was our aunt, our, even our mother. You can see that. There's a movie called Mandingo. They show you that in there. Okay. They made us into breeders. And they have cast lots for my people, have given a boy for an harlot, and sold the girl for wine that they might drink. What does that mean? They sold women, our women, for wine. God, you learn about that in school. They sell they sold the girls for musket guns and wine. Okay, that's in all the school books. You can even read that in a book by uh called History, uh, Before the Mayflower by Lerone Bennett Jr. They tell you in there how the girls of our people was sold for wine, rum. But notice what Joel Richardson did, did. He didn't prove that those demons in Israel today, 1948 group, he didn't prove that they were sold as slaves. He didn't prove that lots was cast for them. He didn't prove that those, their men was made into breeders. And he did not prove the women were sold for wine. He started talking about poor Afghanistanians. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And whoever believes him, you're insane too. <laughs> Verse four. Yay, yay. And what have you to do with me, O Tyree and Zidon? Tyree and Zidon are Hamites. Tyree and Zidon are Africans. You can read about that in the book of Genesis, chapter 10. They are the sons of Ham. Let me be more specific about Tyre and Zidon. When you read Genesis 10 and verse 15, it reads, And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, that's Tyre. Sidon and Tyre come from Canaan, who comes from Ham. These are Africans, okay? Real, undiluted Hamites. I'm not talking about the Shemites in Africa. I'm referring to to the Hamites there. All right. 
Let's go on back. Joel chapter 3 and verse 4. Yea, and what have you to do? What have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon? These are Hamites who come from Canaan. Canaan, mm-hmm. who come from Ham. And all the coasts of Palestine. Who's Palestine? The Palestinians. Okay? It ain't referring to Philistine because it uses the modern name, Palestine. So these are the Palestinians, the Arabs that come from the Ottoman Empire. So, but they, I want you to remember the history of the slave trade. The Africans and the Arabs sold us to the white man. The Africans and the Arabs sold us to the white man. This is the prophecy of what happened. Today it's our, our history, but back then it was prophecy. Verse 4. Yea, and what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? Will you render me a recompense, meaning a judgment, a payback? And if you recompense me, swiftly and speedily will I return your recompense upon your own head. So God says he's going to pay them back for what they did to us. Verse 5. Because you have because ye have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my goodly, pleasant things. So they robbed us as a people. Verse 6. Now it's going to tell you who was sold. Verse 6. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem. That's the elect. Have ye sold unto the Grecians. Who are the Grecians? The white man. The Greeks. You know how the white folks love to say civilization started with the Greeks. That's a lie. But I'm just using it to show you that they know the Greeks were the beginning of white supremacy in the earth. So let's read verse 6 again. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. Let's look at some slave ships. That's how they removed us far from our border. They put us on slave ships, took us across the seas. And took us to places like California, took us to places like New York, took us to places like Virginia. Hey, they even took us to Europe, took us to places like London. That's what they did. Amsterdam, the Netherlands, France, Germany. That's what they did. All right. Verse seven. Behold, I will raise them out of the place whither ye have sold them. That's what you call the rapture. So we're going to be taken up out of the places we were sold and will return your recompense upon your own head. God's going to judge the Africans, the Arabs, and the white man. Okay? Verse 8. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Judah, and they shall sell them to the Sabians. Who are the Sabians? The Somalians of today. The Sabians are Somalians. To a people far off, for the Lord have spoken. See, you don't want none of this, Joe Richardson. You don't want none of this. You play your little stupid church games on YouTube. You go to the Middle East and run game with your CIA tactics and all that. You don't want us on mainstream TV. We will embarrass the hell out of all of you. Okay, and when I say we are talking about Israel united in Christ, the only way you won't try to stop us is 
through use of your FBI and CIA. Okay, that's that's all you got. You better summon Satan. So now, let's get some more. Let's expound on Joel chapter 3, verse uh, 3 down to 6. Let's expound on it in more detail. When it says they sold us and scattered us and sold a girl for wine and made a boy into breeders. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Why were we sold as slaves? Deuteronomy 28, let's read verse 15. Let's start there. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, this is why we went into slavery, because we broke the commandments. This is why we suffer today as a race, as a people, because we broke and continue to break God's commandments. This is why Satan uses the Christian church, the Catholic church as well, to teach us don't keep the commandments. Why? So that we can stay in slavery. Oh, but there's a remnant waking up. Oh, that's right. We waking up and are keeping the commandments. See, this is what the white man has sought so hard to keep us from. You black Christians who run around saying don't keep the commandments, you better get the hell away from me. You better get the hell away from the Israelites. We're going to embarrass the hell out of you too. So I'm going to shut it down. But as you see, he shattered these misconceptions that these devils bring out. Um, you know, they want to keep you in the dark for as long as they can. So, this is DJ Yaakov. This is Righteous Radio, where the truth is the sound. And until next week, Until next week, we'll be right back at you with Righteous Radio. Righteousness is in the atmosphere. Can you feel it? Ha <laughs> ha.